Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. As I always say, if you've gained any insight from this episode, please give me five stars wherever you listen, especially on Apple Podcasts, because I am so close, so, so close to getting that little legitimacy star. And I received an amazing review. I'd love to read five stars, lovely, informative podcast. And this is from Lila Laud Mom. I was introduced to this podcast after the death of my daughter. Before her death, I would read books, but never like podcasts. Now it is the opposite, and podcasts are one, if only, of the things I can do to keep my mind off of things. I found this podcast very informative about a subject I know very little about. I do feel close to my daughter's spirit, and this podcast has opened up a new way of thinking about life and the universe. Lila, I just want to say my condolences, my sincerest condolences for your loss. And this is not uncommon what Lila is saying, because I've heard that a lot from people who are grieving. And I remember not to compare apples and oranges, because I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, but I remember when I was sick, I couldn't really watch TV. It was really hard for me. I definitely couldn't read. And the only thing I could absorb were podcasts. So I understand where Lila's coming from. It's a very good way to heal and to receive some information that is valuable to you. And Lila, thank you so much for the beautiful review. All right. Another thing I wanted to add today was (laughs) I keep forgetting to talk about my donation link. And I haven't talked about it in quite some time, but you can donate to this podcast and there's a bunch of ways to do it. So what I'm going to do is I am going to put the donation link in the show notes today. And if it moves you, then please donate. And that would be awesome. And any amount is so incredible for me, helps me out, helps this podcast keep going. And I really appreciate it. Today, we are discussing setting boundaries at work as a metaphysical person. And I'm speaking from a work from home situation. I don't work in an office with groups of people. So it's just me in my solitary uh, movement by myself. And I just want to give you some background before I go into the subject. And the background is when I was dating before my husband, I loved me a narcissist. And unfortunately, I was not getting off the narcissist path for years. I mean, I remember dating a major narcissist in my 20s who I just could not get out of my life. And I finally did. By the way, there were people in between who were fine and weren't narcissists. I wouldn't say every single person was a narcissist. And then, um, yeah, unfortunately, when I was single again, after a long relationship in my late 30s, I went back to uh, dating narcissists. So for me, it was just an unfortunate pattern, which I was able to break. I was able to recognize with therapy, and I'm very happy about that. And then my husband came along. So then I started to notice that I would befriend people who had narcissistic tendencies. Now, there was one person I befriended who was a narcissistic sociopath, and that did not end well for her, I would say. <laughs> but... um 
besides her, I would just say, again, thinking back to college, thinking back to my 20s, I would befriend people who were what I would call obsessed with their family. And by the way, I don't mean is in you're an adult that's married and has their first child, of course, you're going to be obsessed with your family. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. I'm talking about younger, maybe in their 20s, high school age, and their family came first, meaning their siblings and their adult parents, right? Or their parents came first. And Everyone else, even if you were the person's absolute best friend, you could tell that they had this mindset that blood is thicker than water. And you could tell that even though it wasn't said aloud, the parents had that mindset too. And I kept being attracted to people like that. And I think now that I look back, it was a way of keeping people at a distance because I was having a lot of problems, especially in my 20s. And that was a good strategy. So I don't even think I was doing it consciously. I think I was doing it subconsciously, actually. And I just kept attracting these people. I remember I had a roommate in college who I wouldn't call the person a narcissist because that that word is so overused today. Definitely wouldn't say that, but was just obsessed with her family. And then I thought back and I realized, oh, wait, I did that in high school too. And I did that throughout my 20s too. And they just were people that wouldn't allow the space for friends. I finally was able to break that pattern and recognize it for what it was. And now I've attracted friends who are good with being friends. You know, And I think in the metaphysical world, we sometimes are given a family, a biological family, in my case, an adopted family where maybe we're the black sheep or where the metaphysical people and the other people aren't. And then we've learned that family also comes in the form of friendship. So I've now been attracting people like that. And that's been so much better and so much healthier for me. And I do think there is some metaphysical reason in this as well. I I do think those people who were obsessed with their family, they they probably in this lifetime needed to feel that type of love. And back then I couldn't recognize any of that, but now I can recognize that and appreciate that and also say that we weren't meant to be friends for a lifetime. It was just that season of college or maybe that season of when I lived in Boston and now I'm good with that. I had a situation that activated me recently that brought up these old feelings (laughs) I had written to someone actually for this podcast who I really wanted on the podcast. And it took the person a month to respond to a yes or no question. So it was basically, here's my podcast. Would you like to be on it? Took this person a month to say yes or no. And by the way, I did not write this person a novel. I also want to say that I think that I give people a reasonable amount of time to respond to an email. I don't expect anyone to jump and write me a response back right away. It's nice if they do. And it's nice if I do. And I return that. But and especially if people have children, I give them a lot of leeway. But it was just a weird situation. So the person finally wrote me back, keep in mind a month later, and was very nice and it was very enthusiastic and really wanted to come on. And so when I wrote the person back, 
I'm going to get to what happened in a little bit. I'm going to keep that as a little bit of a teaser. Okay. At the same time, I was having trouble getting confirmation on very easy things via email mostly. And (laughs) it's just, I was saying to myself, you know, is email etiquette, is it dead? Is it just dead where you just don't write back to people anymore? I've never seen anything like it. In fact, some of these people I've worked with before and now they've changed to this system where they just don't write you back. And I get along with them. Like I get along really well with these people, but they just don't write you back. And again, I just want to reiterate, I don't expect anyone to jump at my email or my text or anything like that. I'm not that type of person. But I do expect someone to answer in a timely manner. I think that's etiquette. I think that's polite. So perhaps I'm the one who's old fashioned. And please, please DM me or email me if you're that type of person that just doesn't respond to people's emails or texts or responds weeks later or whatever. And what that, <laughs> what that is, because I'd love to understand that type of personality. And I want to go into that a little more later. So I started to become frustrated and I told my husband about it and he's so wise and he always knows the answer. And he said, you're letting other people manage you and you have to manage them. In other words, I had to learn to set boundaries at work. As a metaphysical person, we tend to give too many second chances. This is my humble opinion. And we're always saying that it will happen in the right time. How many times do you hear that? Oh, it will happen when it happens. It will happen in the right time. And I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with giving people second chances. I've done things where I'm glad I got a second chance and I've screwed up the first time and we've all done it. But I think there's a difference between you screw up the first time, it's not your personality versus this is who you are and you keep screwing up, right? And I also wanna point out that we do live in the human world. So if I give someone a time to record, let's say 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time, I expect them to show up at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time. I I don't think that's much to ask. you know, like that type of thing. So when we use this, I don't want to say excuse. I know a lot of you are bothered when I say that, that it will happen in the right time. Some things will happen in the right time. I agree. I absolutely agree. If you're someone that wants to start your own YouTube, start your own podcast, 100%, start it when you want it, start in your time, write that book in your time. But I think when you are influencing someone else and you are in partnership, even if it's for a half an hour of recording or an email with someone else, I think you do have to respect that we do live in the human world. A respected psychic told me, and this was a while ago, that my birth grandmother and mother could not accomplish their goals in their lives. And that sole purpose has been passed on to me. Thus, I want to get shit done in this lifetime and I can't be waiting on people all the time. And this is one of the big reasons why I work alone. I think I've realized in the metaphysical community, I work pretty fast compared to a lot of metaphysical people. Now, if you put me in the same 
uh, I don't know, um, category as Oprah or Jay Shetty. Yeah, I probably look like I work slowly, but at the same time, I'm a one woman show and they have teams upon teams of people. I do all the podcasts myself. They have teams to do all of that. So yeah, I think I do work fast for a one woman show. And I realize I now have to set boundaries where I feel if the person isn't respecting me, I give them a deadline and a reasonable deadline in the email. And if they don't respond by that time, I'm moving on. As my husband said, it will tell you a lot about the person and just answers the question right there of, hey, you know what? They don't give a shit. And years ago, Craig said to me, I was having an issue with, I think it was a girl from college, the woman from college who she wasn't responding to me. This was the person who was obsessed with her family, meaning her parents and her siblings. And Craig just looked at me and said, she doesn't give a shit about you and you have to move on. And I think there's something very freeing when you realize that people just don't give a shit. We give a lot of excuses and you're, they're like, oh, they have kids and they're busy and they're this and they're that. And of course, that's legitimate. And of course, you know, maybe they're going through a hard time and an illness. But if people don't give a shit, then that's good to know. And you just have to move on with your life. And I was in this non-response vortex, (laughs) I don't know, two weeks. And I had a guest just not show up to record an episode. And this person may be listening. And I like you if you're listening. I really like you. We've worked together two times before. And you're a great person. But it was difficult communicating because a person barely responds to an email or DM to confirm and then just didn't show up. And I pointed that out when we were around 10 minutes into the recording, because there was someone else there. I said, listen, I have to move this show on. If you want, just jump on. I gave this person an email. And I have to say, and if the person is listening, I'm just going to be very blunt here. I received a strange response Uh, no explanation, no nothing. It wasn't, I'm sorry. But again, there was that air of, I don't know, maybe she didn't give a shit. So if this person doesn't show up, quite frankly, they don't give a shit. (laughs) It's not a priority for them. And it's time to move on. Now, this individual, I am giving a second chance actually today. And we'll see what happens. And that will just tell me about the person's character and not saying that person is a bad person. I do like this person, but it will show me that this person is not right for recording because they can't even answer a DM or an email or show up or anything like that. And that's okay. And that's good to learn because now I'm setting my boundaries. And I have to say the funniest part of this, you guys, is the people who have gotten on my podcast who are, let's just say, quote unquote, stars in their field or big names or bigger names in the field, they're no problem. They show up on time. They show up exactly on time. They write me back. They communicate with me. They're extremely respectful. So I find it interesting that it's the smaller podcasters who I just... Uh, I've been having a little bit of problems with. I, I also had a situation, again, it's just been weird. This was a while ago where a person asked me to be on their podcast. This Again, I like this person a lot. 
I didn't hear from this person. We were supposed to record on a weekend and I set aside that weekend day. And finally, I text the person two hours before recording because I haven't heard a thing. And the person says, oh, yeah, I can't. Sorry. I, I just can't today. And I was in shock. I was, okay, really? You just made me give up my entire Saturday and not plan anything. <laughs> and you didn't even have the courtesy to tell me 24 hours ahead of time. And I understand things come up. But again, the response was very strange. It wasn't, I'm so sorry. I really apologize. Here's a situation. People just, again, it's people don't give a shit today. And I just have to respect that and move on. And I think that's my thing is sometimes when I'm in that vortex, not that I'm in it all the time, but I have to learn how to just drop it and move on with my life and not take it personally. Because of course, that activates childhood issues I've had where I feel like I'm being controlled by someone who's sexually abusing me, right? My childhood issue. Or I feel like I have no voice by the person who is abusing me, right? And that <laughs> that's all connected. So I need to recognize that as well and not make it my problem. Okay, so now I'm going to get back to the woman who took a month to get back to me. So she finally writes me back. <laughs> She's, she has an enthusiastic response, really nice person from the email. And then so I write her back and I say, okay, I'm going to set a deadline because this woman obviously has no boundaries. So I'm going to set a deadline and I'm going to say, if I don't hear from you by, I think it was Friday by the close of business, then I'm just going to move on. I said it very politely, very politely. And I said, I have a podcasting schedule. So if I don't hear from you by then then I will move on. And that's the truth. I'm not even making that up. I'm not even making up that deadline. I do have to have a schedule of when people come on. I do have to know and I do have to plan for it. And it was a Monday. I sent that out. I gave her five days to respond. Never did so far. I think it's been two weeks and it just shows me that person's character. It shows me that she doesn't give a shit it shows me that it's not someone I want to work with. So I really should be thanking the universe and saying, okay, great. I don't want to work with you. <laughs> and that's all good. Because I can't imagine you can't even get a response from this person over email. Trying to get them to record would be hell. And I'm just not willing to go through that. So yeah, you guys, if you're asked on a podcast, uh, no matter how small it is, always respect the podcaster. <laughs> so as a human, as a metaphysical person, we have to remember we can't have people walk all over us just because we're metaphysical. And we have to make sure that we have boundaries because if they don't care, that's fine. But then we have to realize what's important to us. And to me, I like respect. And I like boundaries, <laughs> or I now like boundaries. So the universe gave me this test, and I'm going to continue setting work boundaries as I go. And my husband also brought up another good point, and I thought this was really valid. He said, people in the workforce are moving towards setting boundaries going forward to have more family time, have more time outside of work which I think is great. I think that's fantastic. And perhaps I need to restructure my expectations as well. I think there's something in it that 
has taught me with this two-week vortex that perhaps I'm old-fashioned and that email etiquette has changed and that you may have to wait you know, longer than you think for a response to something. But then I think about the, again, bigger people in their field who have responded to me right away. So I'm very confused by all that. I need to restructure my expectations as well and realize the world is changing, especially with the younger generations. And by the way, the person who took a month to write me back, this individual is older than me. So I can't blame it on the younger generations. But nothing to me supersedes respect and boundaries. So again, my donation link will be below. So think about donating I would really appreciate that. Until next time, live your life two inches off the ground.